Have you ever wondered how to build your clientele so you can make money like this? So you could be rolling in the dough like Scrooge McDuck? Well, today we're going to talk about that in today's podcast, the pitfalls of clientele and growing the clientele, how to build clientele, some of the things to look out for, do's and don'ts in today's podcast. Now, guys, I, I must confess, this podcast subject was spawned from a topic that I actually forgot to talk about in one of my other podcasts. So I don't know if it was the last podcast of the year or if it were the podcast at the beginning of the year, but I, I was talking about a bunch of different things. If you guys know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, but I left this one little subject out and it actually was a blessing in disguise because I told myself, Hmm, I can make a whole topic out of this one. As far as the podcast, like this is going to be a very interesting topic because I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've ever talked about this subject on a podcast before. If I, I really don't think I have, to be honest, but there, there's always the age old question of how to build your clientele, how to get new clients, things like this. A lot of people wonder this question in barbering or really just stylists in general, the hair industry, a lot of people wonder. So we're going to unpack a lot of things in this podcast, because what also spawned this was recently, if you guys were paying attention, I raised my prices recently. And also a, a conversation that I had with one of my clients today also spawned this podcast. It really that kind of like drove it home for me. So uh, before we get into all the fun stuff, I want to give a massive shout out to everyone that's watching. Don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe and press that notification bell so you can stay up to date when I drop videos like this. And I also got to give a massive shout out to Europe because, of course, I'm always giving shouts out to Europe, okay? So I got a lot of listeners in the UK and around Europe, so shout out to everyone. And then, of course, everyone that's watching right now. So shout out to everyone that is watching right now. No MMA questions. This is a barbering podcast. Barbering, Ahmed, okay? Barbering only, okay? So let's talk about building clientele. You know, first, I need to say, when you're trying to build a clientele, this is one. This is the first thing that you need to ask yourself: What is your time horizon? Meaning, whether you're fresh out of barber college or whatever, or you're new to a town, you need to establish what is my time horizon. Meaning, how long should it take me to get to a point where I'm making some money? Whether you're you want to be booked, because I'm going to be honest with you guys, you know, look, contrary to popular belief. I don't want to be fully booked. I'm going to be real with y'all. I don't want to be fully booked. I'm just being real. Here's why. Because one, I'm busy. Two, I have a family. And then three, I plan to walk away from barbering in about 10 years. So, and I actually have a lot of stuff that just comes up sometimes. So me being fully booked, there's very little room for error when you're fully booked. And for those people that are fully booked, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So um, so that that's the main reason why I don't want to be fully booked. I'd rather be, you know, I like I like 70 to 80 just because I like that margin where I can just go off and do certain things. Like today I shot the product review for the Gamma Ergos and the Absolute Hitters. You know, if I didn't have that margin, I wouldn't have been able to, sh to shoot this. Now, I was going to shoot it yesterday, but I didn't have time to shoot it yesterday. I almost didn't have time to shoot it today. So it's one of those things where it's like, eh, you know, you're walking a fine line when you're fully booked because, of course, you guys know I got this little silly YouTube channel thing here. You know, of course, I've got to feed the beast. So it just is what it is. But uh, with, with building clientele, back to establishing your horizon. So you might say a year. I'll give myself a year here to build my clientele and grow. You might say six months. You may say three months. Right, based on the, your geographical location, if it's a big city or something, a small city, whatever, you you got to figure out that time horizon. You need to look at hmm, how much money am I trying to make? Right, like what what's your end goal? Like, do you want to make six figures, or would you be happy with eighty grand a year, seventy or fifty? Like, figure out that number as well. You need to figure out this number. This is very important before trying to build a clientele because if you're just trying to build a clientele and you don't have any rhyme or reason why you're doing it, this can kind of slow you down. This is this is definitely 
going to slow you down and really mix things up for you or have you ended up in a spot where you didn't plan on. You didn't plan on having like all these clients and all this other stuff. It just kind of got out of control. Now, of course, that's a beautiful problem to have, having all those clients, having all that money. But of course, as they say, you know, more money, more problems, you know. So with building clientele, that is number one. That is definitely number one. Now, number two, coming off of that, you got to figure out what means you're going to promote your business. Now, here's a funny thing uh, that a lot of barbers, uh, I don't know if they just don't know or just care to not know or care. You, it, If you're trying to really, really build your clientele and you're like, man, I got to get it, I got to get it, you almost have to be willing to do what others aren't. You have to be willing to go where no man has gone before. But no, seriously, you have to be willing to pay for advertising. This is what businesses do. If you're self-employed, you're a business at this point. These are things that you're going to have to do as a business owner. You're running your own business as a barber. Most of us are 1099. Well, not even 1099. Most of us, you know, you're, you're your own business, whether you have a sole, sole proprietor, LLC, S Corp, whatever. This is something that you need to do. McDonald's. We all know McDonald's, don't we? You know McDonald's. I know McDonald's. You know Walmart. I know Walmart. You know Starbucks. I know Starbucks. We know about all these places, don't we? Target. We all know Target, don't we? Even uh, see my man in Amsterdam. I'm sure he knows McDonald's, right? Worldwide. However, McDonald's still has a marketing budget. They're making billions of dollars, yet they still have a marketing budget. And it, it blows my mind that barbers don't take the same approach. They think that, oh, I'm just going to grow organically. Now, look, if you plan to grow organically, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. Just know, depending on your circumstances, your horizon may be pushed out a little bit further. It may take you a little while to grow. You might not grow as fast as someone else. So just know that, okay, when you go into it. Don't just go into it blindly and like, oh, you know, whatever. So spend money to market yourself or spend money to acquire clients. This is one thing I see a lot of barbers that fail to do. And then they also like to complain that they don't have a lot of clients. Please don't do this if you weren't willing to go out there and do the things that most people are not willing to do. Second, to go along with this, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big advocate of this because based off of my experience, I have not had a good return on my investment or a good return on the time that was spent doing this. And that is passing out business cards. Now, Depends on who you talk to. Some people say it worked out great for them. Usually it's a lot of older barbers that like to pass out business cards. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big fan of passing out business cards. I am not a proponent against business cards. I think it has to be strategically done when passing out business cards. Meaning, I'll give you a few examples. If you cut a client and he's like, hey, what's your phone number? Blah, blah, blah. So I can da da da. Let's say you have a card for that with your number, maybe your website, your app, booking service, like whatever, Instagram, whatever way they can reach out to you and book an appointment. This, and I'm sorry, like my, I did not sniff Coke before the, uh, the podcast started. It's like, I have to sneeze and this has been so annoying. Uh, like all winter I've been having to, I've been waking up with morning sickness all winter. Like in the morning, I'll have like the sniffles or I'll sneeze and just have some congestion. And today has been really annoying. I've been like having to sneeze. My eyes were watering, doing haircuts, and it's just really annoying. So I really do apologize. This is, I mean, like this is annoying. It's been pissing me off, okay? But the business cards. So when a client comes in, you cut their hair, you give them a business card. That It's good for that. Great for that. Another reason business cards can be good when you're networking, which we're going to get into in a bit networking, when you're saying you're out somewhere and someone's like, Oh, you're a barber. Oh man. You know, I've been looking for whatever, or maybe my cousin has been looking for whatever, or maybe I'm looking for someone to cut my uh, my kid's hair. You have a business card rather than cold approaching someone because let's yeah, no, uh, because rather than cold approaching someone, 
where you're just walking up to them and you know how people are these days and especially in this environment of social distancing and all that. You're not trying to get in someone's uh, personal space. But I've even noticed this from experience walking up to people and giving them business cards. They, like You could just see the disinterest in their face. They're just like, oh, man, you know. And me personally, I hate salespeople. I hate that whole pushy sales approach and the sales pitch. I can't stand it. That's just me. So me personally, I don't do things that I don't like personally. I do things that I like. If I like this manner of doing something, I'm going to go towards that. I'm not going to do something that I don't like to do myself. And I'm not going to tell you guys to do something that I don't like to do myself. So when it comes to passing out business cards, when you're in a networking situation, they're perfect. When you got done cutting someone's hair, it's perfect. And here's another one, networking. So since we're on the subject, let's just talk about it. Man, like I did Coke. Man, this is ridiculous. And you know what's funny? When my nose gets like this and I'm like like constantly doing this, basically I need to blow my damn nose. But when I blow my nose, there's a high chance that I'm going to sneeze two to three times after I blow my nose. It's like a guarantee. It's like either I don't blow my nose or I don't sneeze after I blow my nose or I'm going to sneeze two to three times after I blow my nose. So I really don't even want to blow my nose because then I don't want to be on here sneezing. Smash the like button, guys, if you're in the building, if you're feeling the content, if you are picking up what I'm putting down, smash the damn like button, okay? So networking, networking events, what are these? These are you going out to social gatherings, if you're that type, you know, some people do, some people don't, you know, you mix and mingle with people, blah, 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 you know, you go get very social with friends and you're out and about, these are perfect times where you can hand out business cards because you're talking to people organically. You, you, you're, you're having a conversation just about who knows what. Maybe you're talking about sports. Maybe you're talking about business. Maybe you're at a networking event for real estate or whatever or at a seminar or whatever. This is the perfect time where you have your business cards and you can hand them out that way. You say, like, hey, I'm a barber, you know, or you might be asking someone what they do. Like, hey, I'm a real estate agent. Hey, do you you, you own a house? And you say no. And they're like, hey, you know, if you're ever looking for a real estate agent, if you're ever looking to get, to get into the market to buy a house, hey, give me a call. You get the guy's card. You have a much more you have much more invested in that relationship of exchanging a business card or receiving a business card when someone has had a conversation with you. You've gotten to know them a little bit more. This is a different story. Okay. So oh, my man Nas knows exactly what I'm talking about. This is so annoying. I swear. This is so, so annoying guys. I, 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 man, I cannot explain how annoying this is with my nose and it's how, how fitting it starts when the podcast starts, like how, how great it starts when the podcast, it goes live. And don't forget to smash the like button for everyone that's in the building. Now, clientele, okay, you have, you know what? I actually, I remember we did talk about something like this on the podcast before. I was asking everyone, how many clients do you need to be booked? Or how many clients does it take to be booked? I asked that question. The answers were mixed. I had someone say 300. I had someone say 400 in the comments, drop. What do you think? How many clients does it take to be booked as a barber? Is it 200 in your opinion? Is it three, four, 500? Now this is only for one barber, not a barber shop. We're not talking to barber shop because that's totally different. You're going to need over, you're going to need probably thousands of customers to be booked as a barber shop. But as an individual barber, how many clients do you think you'll need to be booked? So this is another question you're going to have to answer yourself when factoring in, how am I going to get booked? How am I going to get clientele? You have to work in reverse. Start with the end, then work your way backwards. It's called, you know, reverse engineering. You know, <laughs> it's a little magical term. But this is something that I've done for a very long time. And I've talked about this in videos where I'm not sure if you guys have been paying attention to the video series that I've been doing this month. The, the, uh, geez, I'm like losing my mind. The advice for barbers. So I started with the teens, twenties. This week was the thirties. Next week is going to be the forties. But in this series, I talked about, I remember specifically in the teens and the twenties to do goal setting, 
Think five to 10 years out, then work your way in reverse. Same thing with be, uh, building the clientele. Same with building the clientele. You got to do this stuff first, just like the things that I mentioned first in the, in the podcast, you need to do the, start off with these things first, then work your way backwards. Oh my gosh. Jeez, that almost went to my brain. Oh my goodness. This is so annoying. I swear guys, I swear. Oh man. So if you guys have not watched the series that I have out, advice for teenage barbers, advice for barbers in their 20s, advice for barbers in their 30s, I highly recommend you go watch these videos because it literally, if you follow this stuff, this will guarantee that you're going to be successful. And I mean guarantee that you're going to be successful. There's not many places you'll get a guarantee. You know, you might get a guarantee with electronics or something like this, or you might get a guarantee with your car, a little warranty. This is going to guarantee that you're successful if you follow this stuff. Now, these are things that, in these videos, things that I was given as a younger man and ignored because I was just like, oh, I'm young, I'm, I'm, I'm living life, you know, and you really don't have anyone that's constantly there. So if you don't have someone that's constantly pushing you, you know, this is what this video is for, you know, find yourself a mentor, find yourself a good group of three or five. Who knows, maybe I'm in it. Maybe I'm in that group of three or five and you just, you know, watch the videos and get some game that way. Now, um, so with building clientele, another thing you need to do is realize the type of clients that you want, okay? Because this is very important. This is, again, reverse engineering your whole success. You need to figure out what type of clients that you want. Do you want hood clients, right? You want these hood dudes, that, that are real cheap and real picky, want to nickel and dime you for everything? Or do you want an executive clientele who has executive-type jobs that makes more money, that are willing to pay more money, or, or could? I'm not saying willing. I'm not saying they're all willing. To, some of them might be cheap. But some of them that have the means to pay for a higher price in haircut. Or are you willing to... Look for the clientele that only wants to get their hair cut on the weekend. Or are you looking for more business type people that are hardworking business people? You need to figure out what type of clients that you want and then go after those types of clients. And this is why I'm totally against just walking up to random people, handing them business cards. I think you need to be very strategic in the way that you hand out business cards because you might be handing your business card out to a madman. Who, who knows? Maybe he'll come to you and then he'll be your worst client ever. But if you, I mean, look, even executives can be some of the worst clients ever. So I'm not, don't, don't, don't confuse what I say by if they're executives or if they're business people, they're going to be the greatest clients ever. No, that's not the case all the time. Okay. But you want to design your career the way you want it, just like with your clients. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but you want to design your career the way you want it. Design the clients that you want. Start going out and attracting some of the people that you want. Be in those circles. This is going to come back to you. Say like, hey man, like, you know, bring some of your, your buddies, you know, like, hey. And this is another one with growing your clientele is referrals, word of mouth. This is great. You want to have good clients that, that, uh, refer you to their friends or family. You want to get to the point where you're like, man, you're cutting everybody in the family's hair. You want to get to a point like this. And this is where you can start growing organically. This is the compounding effect. This is, this is that, that effect that you have in investing. We talk about that and don't run for the hills. I know I'm talking about investing. I know you losers that don't invest are over here running for the hills. And by the way, yes, you are a loser. If you don't, if you do not invest, you are a loser. I'm saying it right now. If you do not invest, you are a loser. Okay. Now the compounding effect is epic, epic. Now let's say you've been cutting hair in a barbershop for two years. And it's been a slow progression. At that two-year mark, you should have a pretty decent clientele list. That compounding effect is going to pay dividends later because what's going to happen is you're going to start seeing some old clients come back to you. You're like, man, I haven't seen you in a while. 
that's just an old client. You didn't have to work to get that client. He just hasn't been back for whatever reason. Maybe he went over somewhere else. Maybe he just, you know, got chopped up real bad. And then now he's back to you because he remembered how good of a service you provided. Or maybe he was just like, hey, I wanted to cut my hair myself. Or, hey, maybe my nephew was trying to learn how to cut hair. So I was just giving him a shot. Or maybe he has a special occasion. So he's going to come see you. This is the compounding effect. Just like with investing, the more you do it, the longer the longer of a time horizon that you have in something, the bigger the snowball is going to get because once you grow something, it's going to spit off more. And the bigger your pile is, the bigger it's going to spit off. So compounding, you want to be in this for the long run. So give yourself time and compounding will be on your side when it comes to building clientele. This is very important. And smash the like button if, if you want to know what's really important. Smashing the like button is very, very, very important. Okay. So um, I was talking about earlier how I had a client who uh, spawned this podcast or really, like, really pushed me forward to actually talk about this subject matter. And also, if you guys really follow the podcast, I'm not sure how deep you guys go, but I told you guys that I was going to raise my prices. I told you guys I was going to do this in the fall, you know, like in the fall last year, you know, in the fall coming out of quarantine in the fall, I was going to do this. I didn't, I, I procrastinated. And then what ended up happening was I looked up, I was like, Whoa, I'm already a week into January. I was like, let me raise these prices. I was like, I got to raise these prices before I forget. So I raised my prices recently. And this is one of the things that once you get to a point where you have a good clientele, it's time to raise your prices. When you're 80 plus percent booked or whatever, your number is whatever, it's time to raise those prices. Give yourself a raise. I've talked about this a long time. I mean, look, if you remember this from the podcast a long time ago, boy, shout out to you. But I did the math, and let's say you raise your haircuts $5. This is quite common. And let's say you do this. You don't lose any clientele. Everything remains the same. You just gave yourself a $20,000 a year raise just by raising your haircuts $5. Now, with the raise that I'm going to get, if everything stays the same, I'm going to get about a $7,000 raise this year, $7,000 plus $1,000. Now, the funny thing is, one of the, the client t- uh, today, he was like, he's like, man, you raise your haircut price? He's like, you raise your prices? I was like, yeah. Some people have, well, I don't know. Maybe they all have noticed. Some either have said something, some didn't. He was one of the ones that actually mentioned it. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I saw you raise your prices. I was like, yeah. So then, uh, you know, me and him, we have discussions. This guy, he's 25. And he's young. I kind of see a little bit of myself in him and a few of my other younger clients, you know, mainly some of the mistakes they're making, you know, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But he was like, man, he's like, yeah. So then I told him, I was like, the amount of money that I raised my haircut prices, no one should leave. You know, I told him this because I only raised my haircut prices by $3. And I, and I told him, I was like, if someone has a problem with this amount of money that I raised my haircut prices, they probably should not have been getting their haircut from me in the first place. Because if $3 is that bad for you, you have bigger problems than $3. There, You have much bigger problems. <laughs> That's You have pretty big problems. Now, Here's another thing with growing your clientele and build and building your clientele. Try, try, try if you're not, but try, but you want to be your weight in gold. So for those of you, those of you that aren't just try to be your worth, your weight in gold. Uh, meaning I was talking about in those advice for the teens, 20s, and 30s, or mainly the 20s and 30s. And I'm going to talk about that in the 40s as well. But the advice is find a good CPA. These people are worth their weight in gold. When you find a good CPA, they're going to save you more money than they're going to charge you. They're worth their weight in gold. Now, when it comes to the barber-client relationship, you need to be worth your weight in gold. What, what, what am I looking at here? 
Okay, there we go. Be worth your weight in gold. So this client, we were talking about some stuff. And like I say, I, I see, you know, part of myself in this young man. You know, I see my younger self, you know, me doing the crazy stuff, you know, buying cars, spending a lot of money on cars, not budgeting, not investing, you know, doing stuff like this. So he told me, he came in, he was like, man, he's like, check this out. I got life insurance. And that was such a good moment. I was like, man, thank you. I was like, and then he was like, I'm going to open up an IRA. And I was just like, I felt so proud, right? I felt so proud he was actually getting it. Now, I went on to ask him, I was like, now, tell, I was like, don't tell me. Please tell me, you know, I'm part of the reason why you started doing this stuff. And then, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't want to give in, you know, he didn't want to give in. Okay. But I told him, I was like, I'm taking credit anyway. Okay. I'm taking credit because I, <laughs> what's up? Shout out to everyone that's watching. Shout out to everyone that's tuning in and all that good stuff. If you're on the audio platform, share this with someone and leave a review, you know, do all the fun stuff on the podcast, be interactive on the podcast and platform, share the love and all that good stuff. But I told him, I was like, I'm taking credit because I've been, I've been telling you about this stuff all the time. Get life insurance, get a will, start investing, get rid of that stupid car payment. You know, I've been telling him this stuff. So I was like, I'm taking partial credit for you doing this stuff. Okay. It's like, I'm taking credit. Now here's the thing. Cause you guys are like, where's this anecdote going? Here's where the anecdote is going. Again, he told me he got life insurance. Now, this is where I am worth my weight in gold, okay? I explained. He, he told me he got a million-dollar policy. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Now, mind you, he's not married, doesn't have kids. He's a single guy. And I told him, I was like, hmm, that's a little bit of overkill. I'm like, why do you have a million-dollar uh... – <laughs> uh, he uh... – I was like, why do you have so much life insurance? I was like, it's kind of weird, you know, like, you know, why do you, why do you have so much? You know, cause he's single, you know, only asset that he has is that stupid car that he drives. And that car payment is like 666, which is ridiculous. We talked about, if you guys remember, if you guys remember the 666 podcast, this is that same client. Okay. So he told me how much is he, he's paying per month for his million dollar policy, which is 140 something dollars per month. He's 25. And I told him, I told him, I was like, that's weird. I'm 40. I got my policy like late 30s. Uh, I was like, I'm paying less than you. And you're paying like a lot more than me. Even if I got as much as he's getting, I would have come out cheaper than what he's getting. Do you guys get what I'm saying? And so I saw, I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. Then he hit me with a little caveat. He says, but I get my money back at the end of the 30 years. And I was like, fair play to you, right? Fair play. So then he went out to, he went on to whip out the calculator. Now, 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 you know, see, this is the thing. Why you have to be worth your weight in gold, guys. See, I'm going to explain something to you because I'm a lot smarter than the average bear. Okay, let me let me balloon this thing up. Oh man, it won't even let me do that. Oh, come on. All right, so I'm gonna share my screen with you guys because you guys gotta see this. So he whips out a calculator and he let's just do 140. It was like 140 and some change. Let's just do this times 12 and do this times 30. Because he got a 30 year term. He said he's going to get back at the end of his policy $50,000, right? So I'm, a, I'm an investor, guys. If you don't know, last week I talked about how to, how to start investing. It's like a beginner's guide. If you haven't checked out last week's podcast and you're interested in investing, go check out last week's podcast. There's links in the description below to Robinhood M1 and Weeble. If you want to get started on a brokerage, you can sign up in one of those. Deposit 100 bucks, you'll get some free money. I mean, like free money. I'm guaranteeing that you're going to make money investing if you invest $100. You 
you you can't get many guarantees. Man, I'm giving a lot of guarantees. This 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 actually might start to sound scammy because that's when you know something's a scam when people are guaranteeing stuff or or offering you like lofty returns. Which please be careful with scams, and we're gonna get into that right after this little uh, story. So he presents me with this: the fifty thousand dollars that he's gonna get back at the end of the thirty years. Which sounds great, right? Hey, if you don't die, you know, by the time he turns 55, he's going to get 50 grand back. Hmm. <laughs> you know, my spidey sense was tangling. It was tangling, okay? Because on the surface, that sounds great, right? Because that's the worst with insurance. We pay insurance, then we don't get any of our money back. It's just a sunk cost. It's gone. This is the worst part about insurance. But hey, his example sounds great until I tell him, heck, hey, you need to get rid of this little provision in your life insurance that you're going to get paid back. You need to also dial back your insurance because you don't need a million dollars. You don't need a million dollars. But let's just say you keep a million dollars. And this is what I'm telling them. Let's just say you keep a million dollars. Get rid of that provision. Your life insurance should be somewhere around maybe 30 to 40 something dollars. Since he's paying 140, we'll just call it the 40. Let's say you take that extra $100, and here's what we're gonna do. Check this out. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take that extra $100, we're going to invest it at an 8% return. So that's $100 a month is $1,200 a year. We're gonna put this into this uh, this compound interest calculator. Uh, annual, well, current balance, we'll put zero for current balance. Annual addition is 1200 years of growth, 30 years for the term of his life insurance. And this is why you have to be, again, guys, this is why I'm worth my weight in gold. This is why if I raise my haircut prices $10 or $20, which I didn't do, only raised it $3. But if I raise my haircut prices, any of those amounts, I am worth my weight in gold because I can simply tell you how to make up the cost of my price increase. I can tell people how to go out and make the money if they're so worried about money and raising the prices and be losing, you know, them as a client. I can help you make the money back that you're going to pay me and, and, and more. So this is why I say it's so important to be worth your weight in gold. Okay. Now, if a person, and for those of you out there that have raised your prices, maybe you have stories like people just left for whatever reason, like, oh, this is getting too expensive. Look, guys, I'm going to give you the cold hard truth. Most people's budgets are not ironclad where $3, $5, $10 is going to break the bank per haircut, right? That's not going to break the bank. Most people have this within their budget. I can guarantee you, 90 plus percent of people's budgets are not that ironclad. I can guarantee you that there's more money to be had. If you want, if, if that's the worry, Hey, let's sit down. I can save you some money. I could even make you money. So here's how I made him money. But here's the thing. He has to take action with this. He actually has to do this. So I told him next time I see you, we're going to talk about this. So let's go back to this calculator. So we're going to put in an 8% return because the S and P 500 has returned on the average 8% over the course of decades. Now, this rate of return could be higher. Like some years, the S and P goes 15, 20, 30, sometimes, sometimes, right? But we're going to go with the average of eight. We're going to be very modest with this $100 investment. Now, I'm sure you guys have heard the the analogy of invest $100 per year into uh, into the stock market for from age 20 to 65, and you'll be a millionaire. This is sort of the same example, but he has this $100 because I'm like, hey, I don't want you to give this to the life insurance because I also told him like, hey, the person that sold you this life insurance, they're actually making money off of your policy, okay? So like, let's be smart here, but 8% return, calculate this. And by the way, before I hit that little magical number, because I'm, I'm curious, I bet you guys are curious to know what this number is that he would make Versus what he thought he was going to make, which is this $50,000. He's going to get this $50,000 back at the end of this 30 years. But me being worth my weight in gold. Check this out. $146,000. He still has life insurance. He's paying less for his life insurance. He took that 
extra hundred dollars that he was paying just so he can get the insurance that he's going to get the money back at the end of the 30 years because we all know money's value decrease over time there is deflation two to two to three percent per year so the value of your money is going down 50 grand today is not 50 grand 30 the, 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 i mean look the whole thought of 50 grand 30 years from now probably will not be the same as it is today so today it might sound great but in 30 years it's like that was a stupid decision so $146,000 is what he would have if he just listened to me. Make a slight adjustment. I'm worth my weight in gold. So if I raise my haircut prices to $50 a haircut and he came to me, it's like, yo, I got life insurance. I see you got your, you know, your joints, your haircuts are $50. Now, ah, this might be my last haircut. And I present him with this. I have now just made this man I just made him 3x what he would have made the other way, okay? So this is what I what I try to explain to people about clients and doing these types of things. Be smart. Learn about stuff. Now, here's the thing. You don't want to be an enthusiastic idiot that gets someone in trouble or put someone in a situation that jams them up with their finances, like trying to be clever and stuff. I do this stuff because I know what I'm doing. I can offer people these, these pieces of advice because I actually have base knowledge of this. I'm in this space. Now, even the people that sell you the life insurance or whatever you're trying to buy, they probably don't even know some of this stuff. They're just a salesperson. They're just trying to make money. Now, of course, you know, maybe their intentions are good because, oh, you got life insurance or, oh, you're doing this or that. But they also have their own motives. There are very few salespeople that actually really care about you. And I told my client this today. There are very few people that care about you in sales when they're actually selling you a product that they actually will risk losing the sale for moral character. Now, here's another thing. And this is something that you guys can all do, right? If a client, if you raise your prices and the client's complaining, they're like, oh, it's too much. I don't think, here's, here's one thing you could tell them. Start investing. Because here's the thing. Most people don't invest. Most people do not invest. So that's the one simple thing you could tell them. Just start investing. Yeah, just start investing. If, if you're worried about this, uh, this haircut increase, just start investing. They're going to make money easily easily or you could tell them this go 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 take out two hundred dollars and put it into at&t if, if they're worried about your haircut increase and i, I don't know how much you increase we'll, we'll just say you raise your haircuts for five dollars i'm talking to you you know you just watching or listen yeah yeah no not the dude next to you you yes you i'm talking to you so if you raise your haircut price five dollars here's the easy way to combat that yeah hey uh just go buy a Two to three hundred dollars worth of AT and T stock. Yeah, just go do. Yeah, just go do that. That will easily pay for this, because uh, um, you guys remember uh, last last week I showed you, because uh, I own shares in AT and T. AT and T pays about a seven percent dividend. Yeah, they could easily get that income from a dividend. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let, hold, hold, let me do. Let me do a little quick calculation. You take three hundred dollars minus. 7%, that's $21. Yeah. Just, just invest. It's easy. Just, just, just invest. That, that simple. So being worth your weight in gold to clients is immense. Now, here's another thing with building your clientele. You may want to start specializing. There's a saying if you try and be everything to everyone, you'll be nothing to nobody. So if you want to be the jack of all trades, you know, great, right? You, you can be the jack of all trades. That's cool. But you're going to be nothing to nobody. So sometimes you have to specialize. And you know what? The specialists get paid. Just like you need something, an elective procedure, like let's say you want to get a boob job. You can't just walk into your urgent care and get a boob job. You can't just walk into a regular hospital and get a boob job. You got something wrong with your spine. You might need to see a spinal specialist. Something wrong with your heart. You may need to talk to... <laughs> you may need to talk to a heart doctor, a specialist. 
These are the ones that get paid a lot of money. Not the person, the doctor. And look, the doctor that working at the urgent care, he makes a good salary. But those specialists, they make the buku bucks. So you may want to consider specializing. So on your Instagram, post pictures of ball fades only. It's, it's like the law of attraction. You put it out there, you hope to get it back. Just like if you only post black people on your Instagram with a bald fade, you're probably going to get majority of black people or maybe some white people that want a bald fade. Same thing. Put this stuff out there. Become a specialist. If you want to be the guy that does mullets and all the crazy styles, post pictures of this. This is how you can grow your clientele on social media. And, you know, some of the people who like business cards, I like social media. Now, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I don't really post very much on social media. So it's a little contradictory by me saying that I like social media. However, I'm not posting. But here's the thing. Social media is great because this is a way you can reach a much broader. This is, a, this is like a fishing analogy. Passing out business cards is like fishing with a pole. Social media is like fishing with a net. You have a much bigger chance to catch more with the net because social media is able to get you out there to many more people a lot quicker. And you can gobble up more people faster versus you casting your little thing. You're like, now you're waiting for somebody to bite with business cards. So cast a wide net. This is social media. And there's always a thing, right? Post three to five times a day. Look, I'm not saying do that. I'm saying very, I'm saying be very strategic. Go on social media, follow people, like people's photos. This actually happened to me. I saw a guy on social media, and he's actually a really good client to this day. I think he's actually going to come tomorrow. He said he's going to come Thursday. Um, yeah, let me think. Yeah, yeah, he said he's going to come tomorrow. <laughs> you, you, but um. What's funny is I remember seeing his picture on social media, this particular one. And I just liked his photo. I liked his photo and maybe I left a comment or something. I don't know. But then he was like, and by the way, the picture that I liked of him was he was, you know, it was a picture of himself, a little selfie. And he said, like, hey, you know, you know, he just got his haircut. So he was just fresh from the barber. So you would think. Like, this guy doesn't need a barber. He just got his hair cut by a barber, which was probably his barber. But I still liked the photo, and I left a comment. And then, you know what? He replied. And he was like, yo, you know, I'm going to have to come check you out. I was like, oh, this was unlikely. I, I wasn't expecting, you know, this guy to to hit me. I'm like, yo, I'm looking for a barber. Like, I was like, all right, here's how you book. You know, link in the bio, do this, blah, blah, blah. And then he came in, cool guy, client ever since. So... Social media, I love it because you're able to be in touch with a lot of people when you can't with business cards. With social media, you can use hashtags, clever location placement. This is very clever. And also, if you set your profile up correctly, because I also recently got some clients like this. And I've also, like, when I get clients from social media, you always want to ask a client, like, oh, how'd you find me? Like, you know, whatever. Like, maybe it was a recommendation. Maybe... You know, who knows? I, who knows? But for the clients that find me through social media, I'm always curious because I'm like, hmm, you know, how'd you find me? So one of the clients, I, I was like, hey, how'd you find me? He was like, I just, you know, he's new. He's from Philly. And he was like, I'm new. I was looking for a barber. And he said he just typed in DFW Barbers, right? Or something like this, Dallas Barbers or whatever. You know what? My profile came up in the top five of D Dallas Barbers. And he went through the list. He tried to, you know, holler at some people and they said they were booked. He got to me. I wasn't booked. And I was like, yeah, I can get you. And then now he is a client. You need to configure your social media to where it really works without you having to do the work. So do you see what I'm saying? That compounding effect. I did the work before. Now it is paying off for me later. Now, this is one of those things where I can't show you how to do this now. I really wish I could show you how to do this now, but I can't because it would take too long. I'd have to go all into these different Instagram settings and show you how to set up your profile and 
label it the right way where it pops up in certain areas. You know, because some people look at a hashtag like hashtag, you know, ball fade or hashtag Dallas Barber. They might look for this. And of course, if you're actively posting, because if you especially if you live in a big city, you know, people are posting towards, let's say, L.A. Barbers, Florida Barbers or Chicago Barbers, New York Barbers, Vegas Barbers. You know, people are probably posting to this constantly. Barbers, mainly barbers, but the clients that look for it because maybe they're new to Vegas or maybe they're just like, I just, you know, let me go on Instagram, look for a barber list, Vegas barbers. There's probably a lot of activity in that hashtag. This is why posting more consistently helps. But again, the way around that was the people that type in, like, let's say Vegas barber, they just put it into the search Vegas barber and you're going to see, and I, I ask you guys, do this exercise, go on your phone, go on your Instagram and whatever city you live in, type in whatever barbers. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to do this to Instagram right now while we're at it. DFW barbers. Let's see. So check this out. I just typed in DFW barbers. Okay. In Instagram, in the search. Now my barber shop comes up first because it's called DFW Barbers, but check this out. You see who's coming in right there? You see that black, red, and white logo? That's my logo. That pops up when you type in DFW Barbers. But let's type, type in Dallas Barbers because that was a little bit unfair. Let's type in Dallas Barbers. Scroll down. Ooh, I'm not in this one. Ooh, I'm not in this one. I'm going to have to change this one. Ooh, this is interesting. Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to have to change this one. I'm going to have to, ooh, I'm way far, far down on the list. Now, I don't know if that's because I've I've been inactive, but I remember before I used to be a lot higher on that list, but that's probably because I haven't been active. So it looks like I'm going to have to start posting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to do that. So boy, oh boy. Boy, 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 oh boy. So let's talk about clients because we I talked to you guys about picking the right client or figuring out like who's the best client for you. Check this out. And don't forget, guys, smash the like button if you're in the building. I see we got a jokester in the house. We got a jokester in the house. Like to play around. But check this out. Story. Now, this story came come from last year. Around Christmas week, I think it was. It was around the holiday. One of my clients comes in. He schedules an appointment for Saturday. He comes in. I cut his hair. With him is his, I'm going to assume this is either like his brother or cousin and other friends. Now, this is a Saturday. I'm booked. I don't have time for walk-ins. However, I'm cutting this guy's hair. And this is just, you know, something for you barbers out there, right? Because we all have stories. We all have different clientele, blah, blah, blah. But this is an interesting story because check this out. So I used to charge $30. This client, he's been coming to get his haircut from me for a while now. And this cousin or brother of his he's telling me how he's his he couldn't get a haircut from his regular barber and he's telling me how good his barber is he's like man he cuts hair in the little shopping center man these dudes he's like he's cold man he's dope like blah 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 like talking like swearing up and down how good his barber is are you are you, are you guys like thinking the same thing that i'm thinking I just couldn't help but think if your barber is that good, like, why are you here? Why is your hair not cut? Now, I understand why, you know, my client is here because he's my client. But why are you here, you know, trying to get a haircut? Because he asked me, could I cut his hair? We're going to get into what I told him here in a second. So he goes on to say, oh, man, man my barber's tripping. He's trying to charge $50 for a haircut. And this is Christmas, by the way. It's Christmas. I think it's either like, man, 
it's like a few days before Christmas or something. I can't remember the exact day. I could probably go in my uh, booking software and see what day it was. I'm not going to do that, but it was somewhere close to Christmas. I know it was before Christmas. And this is this goes back to what I say. Pick the type of clients that you want. Have good clients that really, I'm telling you, that respect your profession, respect you and what you do. So this guy, he said he normally charges 17. He's like, man, he's charging, uh, trying to charge 50, man. He's tripping. And I'm just like, dude, if he's that cold, right, if he's dope, you're swearing up and down that he's so good, why would you not pay him 50? If he's that good, if you really enjoy a service from him, if he's that dope, because again, right, if you're good, right, if you're that good, I guess the money should match. But in this case, a barber, no, it doesn't work that way. You could be the best. Doesn't mean you get paid the most. So he goes on to ask me, can I cut his hair? What I tell him is, no, <laughs> you know, flat, flat out, no. Now, I told you it's Saturday and I'm booked. However, I had a little bit of space to cut this guy's hair. I actually had a little bit of time to cut his hair. What I elected to do was take the extra time to cut my client's hair and give him the best haircut possible, make him feel like a boss, and really run up that time that I could have used to cut his hair, but just spend it all on this one client because I was like, I don't want to deal with clients like this. Now, some of you are just like, man, I'm just trying to cut anything walking. Okay, this is great. Okay, until you run into problems. Okay, that, that sounds great. Me, I like when there's a good vibe, you know, a good connection between the client and barber. Like, I don't just want everybody. Like, there's some clients where it's just like, you see them on your books and you're just like, oh, you know, this guy. That doesn't happen with every client. You do have the few that is just like, oh, the vibe's not good. If you don't like it, just don't cut their hair. You're the barber. You have this option to do this. You have the option. So you can pick and choose your clientele. Just like you can pick and choose what you want to specialize in. Smash the like button, guys. Like smash the damn like button. It's not that hard. Smash the like button. Sheesh. Okay. Now, when I heard him say this about his barber and how he's cold, this, that, that, whatever, and your barber wants to charge more because, hey, it's the holiday. He's trying to be at home with his family, but he's putting his profession ahead of, you know, his family and personal time. But you don't even want to show the guy the respect and pay him more, even though you think he's dope and this, that, the third, like whatever, but you don't even want to pay him. And I'm just saying to myself, I don't even want to cut your hair. If you're that inappreciative, like I don't want this type of a client. This is just how I am. For me, the money isn't everything. Just getting some money from this guy, like whatever, right? And what I did with that time was I went off. I had a little bit to eat once I was finished with my client. And then I waited for my next client to come in. It was that simple. It was that simple. Because I was like, I'm not going to squeeze you in, have to rush and speed up my haircutting to service you, someone who's inappreciative. No. I was like, no, one of the other barbers can cut your hair out there. And that's fine. You know, I'm not greedy. I'm not the dude that wants to cut everything walking through the door. Like, no. Like, there's some other barbers out there that aren't booked that can use the money. Because... If your barber's that cold, probably you're probably not coming back, right? You're not coming back. So I don't even want to deal with you. And this is what I try and tell you guys. Model your career around what you want. Work in reverse. Put a plan out together, see the end, and then work backwards. Reverse engineer this thing. It's that simple, guys. So that that's my, my one story with the client. Oh, well two stories with clients. Uh, the one that, uh, I was, I was forgot to talk about, I think it was like last year, but get good clients that, that you want, that you have a good relationship, like have good clients. Okay. Please, please, please. Cause this is going to make your job a lot easier. This is going to make you working a lot more enjoyable. Please do this. 
please do this because I don't want you guys going through this career doing stuff that you hate, doing things that you don't like. I want this to be enjoyable for you. I want you to have fun while you do it. I don't want you to get burnt out or just have a bad experience like, oh, man, these clients are nothing. Like, oh, they're so cheap. Da, 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 da. You have to model your career. You have to put a plan together and engineer your career for success. If you want to be in a nice barbershop where the ambiance is nice, maybe it's like expensive everything everywhere, then go to one of those places. Don't go to some rinky-dink barbershop where everything's being held on by threads. No, don't go there. That's not a part of the game plan. That's not a part of your success. That's not the blueprint that you mapped out for yourself. For yourself, Okay? So these are some of the things that I just want to come on here and talk about how you guys can build and grow your clientele and just help you. Because I know it's hard and it takes time. Like in some cases, guys, it takes time. Like you can't expect to just be like, yo, I'm about to about to go out here and do it. You know what I mean? Like blah, blah, blah. So just be very careful, okay? Be very, very careful. L let me answer, answer a few questions before I get up out of here. You know, I'm about to reach the hour mark. My man Nas Blends right on time says going from 17 to 50 is a very uh, drastic change, though, so that that might been a shock to his customers, maybe going from 17 to 20. Oh, okay. So the thing is, I think why he, uh, and I'm just putting myself in this barber shoe. I think the reason he's charging the 50 is because he probably didn't work that day. Cause like I say, I think this was Christmas Eve. Actually, no, I know it was. I remember. Yes, it was Christmas Eve. I remember exactly. This was Christmas Eve. So I think maybe his barber opened up his appointments for a select people, or if he was going to work, he's going to get paid a premium. I know some barbers do this, like on holidays and stuff like this, they'll charge more. I know some barbers do this, but maybe this is what happened, and this is why the 50. So, yes, I understand the shock, and I know a lot of people don't like change. They're like, oh, you know, like, oh, man, I guess, you know, I was, I'm used to paying this, now I'm paying. Like, get, get over yourself, okay? Get over yourself. Drew's cuts What's up, man? <laughs> what is up, man? And shout out to everyone who's been tuned in, who's been uh, listening to the podcast uh, to this point thus far, you know, sticking around with me, soaking up the good knowledge and information. But the thing is, you got to put this stuff into play. You, you really got to you really got to do this stuff. You can't you can't just not do nothing and expect to get good results. You know, you got you got to start doing stuff. You got to be a little bit patient. You know, if you're if you know your barbershop's a little bit slower, then of course, you know, you you know, you can't expect to wait for the barbershop. You might have to go out and do some things yourself. You know, go out on social media and and start building up your brand that way. Start posting pictures, you know, learning how to take good pictures, right? Where you where it can be more enticing for people to come in, you know, it's just like any other restaurant or any other business in the, where they do their marketing. They set things up nicely so it's a good visual, so it entices the customer to come in. Same thing with barbering, okay? Same thing with barbering. You want to put your best foot forward, but then the bad part is you don't want to put something out there and then you can't deliver, Okay. And also, here's another thing. Be professional when it comes to building clientele. Be very professional. If you're trying to get things that other people don't or ask for money that other people or most people aren't asking for or making, you have to do things that they aren't doing. So be professional. Be careful with the way you talk, dress, the music you play, the ambiance, the environment. I made a video on this on environment and ambiance and how to gain clients this way because I actually gain clients this way because of the ambiance. So go watch that video. It is on the YouTube channel right now. I don't know the name of the video, but this is why it's so important that you guys smash the like button, subscribe and press the notification bell so you stay up to date when I drop videos, you know, like like the one I'm talking about. So go check that video out. It, it, it basically tells you, you know, because if you guys don't know, I work within, the, I have a suite within the barbershop and it just goes on how I decorated the space and like strategically did things to make it more appealing. But in that video, you'll get all of that stuff because I've actually had or heard this from customers themselves say like, man, you know, I came back because I, I like the space. It's real private. And even the guy, the one guy that found me on Instagram from Philly, he even said that 
you know, I, I saw you had a suite. It's dope. You know, it's perfect. He was looking for something more private, more intimate. Perfect. I'm your Huckleberry, sir. Sir, I am your Huckleberry. And that's a word that some of you guys might need to implement, sir, because people are like, oh, wow, he's calling me sir. Or, man, like treating them like a boss, okay? You know, so treat your customers like other barbers aren't. Because here, I'm here to tell you guys, there are plenty of barbers out there that uh, are slacking. They're lacking. They, their professionalism is very low. Their standards are very low, okay? So just want to let y'all know that, you know, so don't, don't think, you know, all the barbers are top tier out here, you know? So appreciate y'all for tuning in. I'm going to wrap up this podcast. I'm going to get the hell up out of here. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. It's been your man. I do it signing out. I'll holler.